Well, I'm Pastor Angie, and it is always an honor uh, to minister. I'm so thankful. Um, we, Pastor Mike and I are associate pastors, and we, we started coming here about last week. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we've been here for a while, and, uh, and I can truly say, uh, you know, that our pastors, our senior pastors, are, they are shepherds uh, after his heart. And we're grateful for that. And, and we thank God for them. They're in India right now with a team. And, and uh, I got a text last night from Pastor Marcy that um, 15 women got born again and that there are <laughs> miracles happen now. I'm sure there's more than that that's, that's even happened. She just happened to put that on our thread. Uh, we haven't stayed totally in touch with what's happening other than through Facebook. But there are mighty things happening uh, while they are there. And, and, and that is our mandate, is to take the, the kingdom of God, the word of God, uh, to other nations, to the Caribbean and beyond. And so I, we're thankful that they can go and that they have, uh, you know, trained and built us up, you know, as staff and that there's an anointing in all of our lives, all of our lives, uh, you know, to have a place in the body and to step into our fit in the body. So this morning, uh, I'm going to minister to you on uh, healing the brokenhearted. And uh, that's something that I knew when, when I was going to minister that God wanted me to go in that direction and been meditating on that uh, from that point until today. And so I believe not only will it set you free and, and help you unlock some things in your heart, but also puts you in a position to help others. You know, uh, the body of Christ, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, um, that's what we're supposed to do. And if, if we as a church body can be whole ourselves and be complete ourselves, then, then we can have the right discernment when we're ministering others to, to others to say they're brokenhearted. There, there's an issue there. And, and, and I have words of life. I am, I am that tree that, that bears fruit, that's planted by the waters. I can give them life. We can all do that. We don't always have to, to stem them here to the church for counsel, and that's necessary sometimes. But it's in you. It's in us. But we want to first make sure that we're allowing God to penetrate and to deal with every part of us. So, so let's talk about him this morning. We're going to start in Exodus chapter 15, if you want to turn there. And in Exodus chapter 15 is the first place where God introduces himself as Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. And Jehovah Rapha means, I am the Lord who heals. I'm the Lord who cures. I'm the Lord who restores. I'm the Lord who, who completes and makes you whole. That's Jehovah Jireh. That's, no, he is Jehovah Jireh too. That's Jehovah Rapha. He gonna provide your needs too, trust me. But, but in Exodus 15, 26, this is where he says that, not only does he say for an isolated incident that, that I'll heal you. You know, if you come against sickness or if you come against anything in your life that, I, that I'll heal you. But no, he's saying, I am healing. I am your health. I am your wholeness. I am your cure. He is that for us. 
So let's go to Exodus chapter 15. Listen, this Jehovah Rapha, when we think of this, automatically, if you've been in the church for any length of time, you, you think of, you relate Jehovah Rapha to physical healing. And he is that, and he does do that. But, but even in this, this uh, writing here, he's addressing the issue of, of their hearts. And he's not just the healer of your physical man, but the Bible tells us that he's the healer of your heart. That he wants to mend and heal those broken places on the inside of you. So when we're emotionally overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, grieving, hurt, or bitter, God is the one who heals that. And only he can do it. Only he can bring healing for a broken heart. Only he can give you joy for mourning. Only he can do that, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Only God can do that. So Exodus chapter 15, it says, now the setting here is that Moses had just led them out of Egypt and they had just crossed the Red Sea. Now Egypt is a type of the world and the Red Sea is a type of us being born again. And so he had just led them out. Now they were in slavery, complete bondage. And he had just led them out. Now they began to rejoice and to sing in Exodus 15. It says, then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. And if you continue to read and go down, it, it, it is consistent praising and thanking him for that. But now jump down to verse 20. It says, then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron took the timbrel in her hand and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water three days in the desert, in the wilderness, and found no water. Now we're gonna see what's in these people began to come out. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. This is, this is a picture of their hearts. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. Now, Mara means bitter, angry, discontented, and heavy. Bitter, angry, discontented and heavy. Verse 24 says, and the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. Y'all are trees, I'm telling you. When he cast it into the water, the waters were made sweet. There were made a, made a statute, there he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, if you diligently heed, the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I'll put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians 
For I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. The first time he's mentioned it right there. Then they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. Now this wilderness, this uh, place of Mara where, where there was bitter water, uh, this wilderness at time, you know, their, their trek to the promised land was an 11 day journey and it took them 40 years. And, and many, many, many believers are in this position. I'm, I'm born again, I, I'm, I'm going to heaven, uh, Jesus lives in my heart, but then when God wants to touch them, when, 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 when we've got to, right here where it says, if, if, if you'll diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and you'll do all his statutes, if you will, when it's time for us to, if you will, when it's time for us to allow him to touch, when it's time for him to allow us, you know, allow him to deal with those, those things that, that are uncomfortable sometimes, then it's just easier for us to keep our wilderness thinking and, and go ahead and take us 40 years around the same mountains that we've been going around year after year after year after year. The same strongholds, the same ways of thinking. God wants us free. He wants us whole. He is your healer. Listen, he didn't set you free and get you born again and then say, now I need you to go see a psychologist because you got issues. No, the scripture actually says out of the heart, out of the heart are the issues of life, out of the heart. So now that you're born again, now that, that you're in the kingdom of God, he says, now let me mend you. Now let me touch you. Now let me heal and form. I, this morning I was looking back, uh, you know, really on his faithfulness in my own life um, and looking back where, you know, I wasn't married to Pastor Mike at the time. I did not know anybody when I went to Ramah. I, I did not have anybody that was, you know, like right there, a pastor right by my side to say, girl, you got issues. You need to deal with this. You need to let God touch it. I didn't have that. But God led me. He led me through the desert. He led me through the wilderness. And that's why I say, you guys, we're, you're, we're so blessed. You get the, the fullness of the word, the teaching of God, the move of the Holy Ghost here. And there's no reason that we ought not to be coming out of the wilderness. There's no reason that we ought not to be transformed in our, in our minds and be free. Does he care about your emotions? He does. If he didn't, he wouldn't promise to give you joy and promise to give you peace. Now, those are not just merely emotions. We know that. They are a spiritual force. They're the, the fruits of the spirit that are within you. But if you've got issues in, in your heart, you're going to reject them. You're going to be hardened. You're going to be calloused. And when God's trying to get you in the joy of the Lord and the peace that surpasses all understanding, you're not ready for it. And you don't want it because you want to hold on to the, that hurt and that pain and that somebody did me wrong and, and, and someone that broke my heart. Listen, 
Your parents and your upbringing is the, the, the number one reason why people have issues in the heart. And that was the devil's tactic from the beginning is to destroy the family. And that's why in Malachi it says, why did I make them one? Why did I make marriage one? For godly offspring. So if he can keep the marriages from being one, if he can keep the husbands and wives broken themselves, even if they stay together, then, then the godly offspring is greatly affected. And, the, and their, their, their love tanks are not full and they're, they're not confident in who they are in Christ. And so God wants us to be whole, us to be complete. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, the Lord that restores. Okay, hallelujah. So the bitter water here was a reflection of their hearts. I, I didn't know what to title this, but um, I, I said from bitter to sweet, uh, because we're gonna not only go from bitter to sweet, but we need to help other people go from bitter to sweet in their lives. So 1 Peter 3, let me just mention this. It says, it says, it talks about your heart as, what is the heart? It's the hidden man. The, the, it's the very center of your being. It is your spirit. It is, if you look it up in many places, it says the very seat of your emotions and your passions and your desires. It's different from the soul realm. The scripture says the Bible separates soul and spirit joints and marrow, but it does encompass your soul. Everything that happens in your spirit is affecting your, the way you think and your soul realm. So when we're talking about the heart, when God's talking about the heart, this is the very core of you. This is the real you, the real, the real man. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And so God wants to deal, you know, the Bible talks about uh, men having a strong spirit or, or when a, a spirit is weak, it will fail them in sickness. God wants you to be strong in your heart, strong in your spirit, man, strong from the inside out. Not just coming here and being in a position to, to, well, I do, I go to church, I'm here, I'm, I'm right. Listen, before you go ahead and say, I'm good. Before you do that, I'm just asking you to please be like David. Because the Bible says that David was a man after God's heart. And the scripture continually in Psalms, he is constantly saying, God, search me. God, know my anxieties and know my thoughts and know my heart. And Lord, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David was always doing that. Now, we have a, this life of faith where we stand and we believe and we speak and we do that. But it does not mean that you can't cry out to God. You can. He is your father. He's your father. His mercies are new every morning, the scripture says. And like David, we can say, God, you see my heart, Lord. You know that, that my heart is hurting in that area. Father, I'm opening my heart to you. Touch it, mend it. I forgive, I release by faith. Now I'm trusting you to heal. 
I'm trusting you to mend. Many times we as believers will say, yeah, I forgave. I did. I forgave. And that's good. You spoke it and you forgave by faith, most likely because your emotions were, I forgive. Your emotions may not have been there at all, but your job is to forgive by faith and then say, God, now you heal. You mend. You restore my heart. You know what's going on in my heart because it's only going to hurt you. It's only going to eventually kill you and affect your body. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So because, uh, because the heart is the root of the problem, uh, the scripture says in Jeremiah, and we're going to read it in a minute, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You know, it, it says that about the heart. But then he says, but I, the Lord, don't worry. I, the Lord, search the heart. No worries. Uh, he'll help you. He's the one who will guide you. He, he's the one. I look back on my path of healing. And um, it was just the Holy Ghost. Um, when, I, when I, you know, put the joint down and said, here I am. Uh, then, then he said, uh, for me to go that I knew there was a Bible, uh, bookstore in our town. I went there. I, I found a, it was a Kenneth Copeland who I didn't even know who that was a Kenneth Copeland devotional that was called from faith to faith. And he said, get that one. I just knew, I just knew. And I was just learning how to hear him. And you know, it just seemed right. It just what, you know, and when we were at Rhema, uh, he called it your seamer. It just seems right just seems right. Uh, so I, it seemed right for me to get that. I went home, I, I found my Bible and I pulled out this faith to faith devotional and just day by day, day by day, day by day, just read it and just, just let the word wash me. And that's what it'll do. It'll wash you. And, and to think, let me go back because I was saying, if you think you're good, uh, please be like David. Um, this, this process will never end. And you can rejoice in it because it's not laborious. The scripture says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So allow him, you know, as once you've been delivered and once you, you know, he's set you free and you've tasted, I'm telling you, once you uh, have been delivered uh, from some things that, that was, was not good, uh, once you've been delivered and he set your feet on solid ground and you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good, you don't wanna go back. So I would say to you, if you haven't tasted and there's not something in you that knows he's my only thing, he's my all in all, I can't live without him, I can't breathe without him, I can't do anything without him. If you're not in that position, then I ask you to search your heart because maybe there's a little uh, area of pride there because the scripture says the man who trusts in his own heart is a fool. It's a fool. So don't trust in your own heart, but trust your God who knows your heart to minister, to heal, and to mend. Amen. So your heart is a field. It's a field where the seed is sown, the seed of the word. You know, he says, I'm going to uh, write the law on their hearts. I'm going to put it in their hearts. Let me go to you at Matthew chapter 13 real quick. 
this, the, the parable of the sower. It says, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And the great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Devoured them. Some fell on stony places this is, these are, are pictures of our hearts where they did not have much earth and they imme immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and they were scorched, they, they, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and he said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. For whoever has to him, it more will be given and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have to him, more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not, now listen to this. I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Listen to verse 15, for the hearts of his people have grown dull. The hearts of his people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have clothed, this is his people. The hearts of his people have grown dull. The ears are hard, to, are hard of hearing and the eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand and with their hearts turn so that I should heal them. And with their hearts turn so that I should heal them. Many times we as believers have learned to cope. We have learned uh, to suppress our emotions. We've learned to cover over our hearts in ways that we don't want God to touch and to, to, to minister to. Does he understand? Does he see? Does he know? He does. And thank God he went through it so that you could be free from it. Isaiah 53, verses four and five. It says, he was despised. That means he was counted as worthless. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. Deepest grief. There's no grief that he can't touch. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our weaknesses he carried. He's Jehovah Rapha. It was our weaknesses he carried. He carried your weaknesses. It was our sorrows, our sorrows, that weighed him down. Our sicknesses and our sorrows and our sadness. 
And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. Remember, Jehovah Rapha is wholeness, completeness. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed spiritually, physically, and emotionally in every arena of your lives. So then why are there so many believers? Why? Why are there so many believers that still you see them going around the same, the same mountains? They can come in here and, and it's easy to come in here in this atmosphere for all of us. I love the corporate anointing and you need the corporate anointing. You need to be up underneath this anointing. And, and in this anointing, uh, bondages are broken. It happens and, and it's real and there's a joy here and there's a peace here. Um, but we ought not to be like Saul who had David uh, come and, and play for him because it caused the demons to go away. But then when David left, he, there he was still in that same spot. We can't come in here and be like Saul and glory to God, glo glorious, hallelujah. Uh, you know, we're, we're like Saul and, and I feel good in his presence and he is mighty and he is awesome and hallelujah, glory. And then you walk out of here and husband, I told you, you know, or whatever, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's anger in you, there's bitterness in you, there's, there's hurt in you, there's brokenness in you, there's, there's things in you that God wants to touch. He doesn't want you to be snappy and have ugly looks on your faces. He doesn't want that. We ought to have joy at home. We ought to have peace at home. I got tickled, really tickled at my husband last night because we were... Um, watching, well, he got tickled at me about something too, but I don't tell mine all the time. Uh, we were watching, uh, remember the Titans and, um, and at the, at the end of it, well, I can't remember what part it was, but it, they were going to state championship. So it wasn't when, you know, there was a sad part at all. It was just a, you know, a motivational moment. And I, he was trying to talk uh, he was doing role play for the girls while we were watching it. And so he was doing a role play and all of a sudden his low voice cracked and he, and he was teary. He's getting teary right now, but he's, he's so passionate about winning, you know, winning in the kingdom of God. And he could coach a football team, I'm telling you, too. And winning on the football field, and it's just in him. You know, it's just in him. It just, you know, it's just there. And I just died because I love him. I love that about him because I need that passion. Because sometimes I'd be like, uh -uh, I'm not doing that today. And, you know, working out or whatever. And he helps me. He helps strengthen me and, and come on, babe, you got this. And he'll speak the word to me and encourage me. He's a coach. He's a good one. Uh, but, but we need to have, be able to laugh. If I'm locked up with him, then I wouldn't be laughing with him. If he and I weren't okay, uh, then, I, then I'd be like, what is wrong with you? You know, uh, but, but you want to be right at home. And this is irrelevant to whether you're married or not. This is, are you right with God? 
Are you right in your heart? Have you allowed him in those secret places in the shower when you're washing your armpits? Have you allowed him to, to wash you, to touch you? to minister to you because that you are, you are told to be naked and not ashamed before him. And that's not physically, but that is spiritually, that we are completely bare. He sees it all anyway. You can't hide it from him. Psalms 147.3. Psalms 147.3 says, he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds, or he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That word broken means broken down, crushed, maimed, and it means a shattered heart. Wounds means you've been pained, hurt, injured, you have sorrow, you've, you've, got, you've been grieved, you're worried, displeased, hurt, uh, along the, the lines in some fashion, God desires to touch those things. True, true change happens in the heart. So how do we do this? Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. Again, search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalms 26, 2 says, examine me. Oh Lord, improve me. Test my heart and my mind. Test my heart and my mind. Psalms 51, six, it says, behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, you'll make me to know wisdom. You desire truth in the inward parts. Listen, if you allow, the, if you allow God to touch you and mend you, I'm telling you, only he can do it. And, and the whole, that's why the Holy Ghost is here. That's why he's here. He is the spirit of truth. And, and the scripture says he searches. And he knows the heart of man. And in 1 Corinthians 2, it says, who knows the, the spirit of the man except the man? you know your heart, you know what's in there and, and allow God. And I'm telling you, it is not always easy, but as you grow with him, you know that if I don't deal with that, it is not good for me. I, will, I know I will shrink back. I know I will lose my joy. I know I will lose my peace. I know that God's always wanting to deal. Right now, God's ministering to, ministering to me about something. And I know he's just tweaking something on the inside of it. And I've told my husband, there's something here with this. I need to, I need to deal with that. And, and, and I want to deal with it. I want him to, I know where he's brought me from. And I nothing in me wants to go back and there's nothing for you there. He, he has given you greatness and, and, and provision and everything that he is, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sikkanu, Jehovah Rapha. He's all though, he is everything that you need. Everything that you need. There is nothing that you need that he hasn't provided. The scripture says he'll give you everything you need for life and for godliness. He'll give you everything you need. So all you need is him. 
That's all we need is him. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, did I read Psalms 51, 6? Yes, you desire truth in the inward parts. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 10. It says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. We just mentioned that. Whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see you when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man though, hallelujah, who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be, here you are, this tree, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. Listen, if, you're, if God is on your side and, and you're trusting in him truly from your heart, there's no fear. God said he didn't give you a spirit of fear. And if you're made perfect in love, then you won't have fear. If you're made perfect in his love. So it says, this, this tree planted by the waters, which spreads its roots out by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease, nor will cease from yielding fruit. We should never cease from yielding fruit. The, the scripture says, even in old age, that will bear much fruit. Verse nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Eventually, what's in your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and out of the treasure of your heart, you're gonna bear that fruit. Eventually, what's in your heart will come out. Psalms 34, verse 17 and 18 says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. He's Jehovah Rapha, it's not just physical healing. He delivers you out of all of your troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and he saves such that have a con contrite spirit. He brings healing to the bitter waters, amen? Now, let me say this, uh, many physical ailments are, or issues that we have physically are a result of a broken heart. Many times, not always, there are, there are two ways that the devil comes to you. And, and one of them is just by intrusion. You know, he, he's Diablo. He just, he pounds, he pounds, he pounds, he pounds until he can get in. And, and you, you could be dealing with sickness just because it's an attack. And he's just trying to put sickness on you or he's just brought an attack of something. He's just trying to get into your life, but your heart is good and right and you're allowing God to deal with you. But the other way that he comes is through legal grounds, legal access. It's either intrusion and he has no right and we take dominion over him and he, he has no place. And if you're sick, we'll lay hands on you and you'll be healed. And you can get in faith and get healed yourself. If it's an attack, then get that thing off of you. But if there's legal grounds that you've given him, then you better be like David 
and say, God, search me. Now, legal grounds can be, there, there's multiple things. It can be because you're living in sin. That is an open door. It's an open door. It's legal access for the devil to come in and get a foothold, and he will, and he'll take every opportunity he can. So, so if you're living in sin and disobedience, you've given him legal access, and that's why things are consistently happening wrong. Another way um, that, that he has legal access is through unforgiveness. If there's unforgiveness in your heart, uh, you know, the scripture says, forgive so that your Father in heaven can forgive you. In, in Mark chapter 11, right above that is where it says, speak to the mountain, you know, and, and command this mountain to move. And if you believe in your heart, and you, you say it with your mouth and you tell that mountain to move, then it has to move. And then right under it says, now, if you have unforgiveness. I mean, there's a reason that scripture's there. Because some people like to just, uh, they, I'm going to speak to this mountain, it has to move, hallelujah, and, and they've got unforgiveness in their heart. And, and many sicknesses are a result of legal access. So sin, unforgiveness, um, emotional trauma, brokenheartedness, uh, pain that has happened, uh, you know, from your childhood or, or something that's happened along the way. That, that, that you have not been healed of and you continue to rehearse that thing and rehearse that thing and rehearse that thing and you're giving him legal access to continue to pour on the depression and pour on the brokenness and pour on the hurt and he will, he will. He is constantly shooting fiery darts. But if you're in right position, the Bible says you can extinguish all of them, every one of them. So sin, unforgiveness, emotional trauma that God wants to heal, I'm telling you. And divorce is one. Divorce brings emotional hurt and pain and trauma to not only the husband and wife, but the children, the, 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 the parents of the, the spouses, the, the, the people that are friends around. It brings trauma. God wants to heal those things. He desires to heal those things. Another way that you could give him legal access is through um, inner vows or judgments. You know, the scripture says not to judge and not to swear, uh, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. But what is that? I'll, I'll explain, I'll give you a personal example. An inner vow and a judgment, many of us do this and, and we, we don't realize until it's been enlightened to us that, wow, I've done that. Um, when I was young and, and my parents went through a divorce and I watched my mom, uh, you know, really suffer daily with depression and, and different things. And, and in my heart, I said, that'll never happen to me. No man will ever hurt me. And what that did was it built the, these huge walls up in my heart. And it caused me to respond fleshly from then on. Because I'll keep my little distance and any boy I dated, I dumped them before they dumped me. That was for sure. Because no, you don't think you're going to trample on my little achy breaky heart. I'll dump you. I'll, I'll let you go before it happens. So we build up these, these fortresses, man. 
We build them up because we've made an inner judgment that my, you know, I, my dad wasn't an alcoholic, but my dad who, you know, if, if your dad was alcoholic, I'll never do that. I hate him for that. And then why do you see the same things happening generationally? Because not only is there unforgiveness, but they've made an inner judgment towards their father that they haven't released and they haven't forgiven. And it's huge. And you, you listen, this is not a, this is not a, let me go, uh, you know, home and just get in sackcloth and ashes and just wail and weep and God, I'm horrible. But, but it is like David, just trust the Holy Ghost and just always be in a position to say, God, you see my heart. You'll show me. I'm trusting you to heal and to mend. This is you, God. I'm naked before you. I, I do what you need to do. I receive the word. I receive the correction. I receive those things because I know it's life to me. So, so sin, unforgiveness, um, emotional trauma, uh, brokenheartedness, um, inner vows and judgments, and then uh, generational curses. They're a real thing. And, 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 and I'm not trying to be super um, spiritual, but we, we ought to know and be aware and not be ignorant of the devil's devices and the things that he does. And there are generational things that are, that are passed down from the fathers to, to the children. And, and that's why we as believers need to be passing down the spiritual heritage to our kids. Because if not, you're passing something to them. What is it? And, and if, there's, if there, you have any leading or any sense that there, there has been a, a, a generational curse that's, that's happened throughout your family and, and you see it happening and your cousins and aunts and you know all these people, you see the same cycle, the same thing, begin to bind that thing up for them, but you, the blood of Jesus, stop that thing. It cut that thing off. So don't continue to yield to those mindsets. Don't continue to yield to those things on the inside. So we either have allowed him to come in or it's just an attack by the enemy. And that's why, why are believers sick? And why, when we're dealing with people with sickness or you know, when cancer comes or when things come, we have to first examine. We just don't go run and lay hands on them and, and you know, it's first, what is the Holy Ghost saying? What is the Lord saying? Cause he knows, he knows the hearts of man. He knows what's in there. And so I tell you, don't just because you're, you're a born again, spirit filled believer and you're in a great church. Don't just think I got this. I'm good. You always, always, always be in a position to say, God, I trust you and I'm yielded to you. And he'll always lead you, always. He'll always guide you. Proverbs 14.30 says, a sound heart is life to the body. Hallelujah. A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Let me read it in two other translations. The New Living says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Peaceful heart. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. 
A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. But envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. He's Jehovah Rapha. We've got to allow him to set us free and deliver us in our hearts. That word sound, a sound heart, means a, a healthy heart, a, a, a cured heart, a, a sound and complete heart. I read, I quoted this to you. I just have a couple of scriptures to end. I quoted this to you, but let me read it. First Corinthians chapter two, verses nine through 12 says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Listen, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of the man except the spirit of the man that is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by the Lord. You know, the scripture says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. So I say to you, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with Isaiah 61, Chelsea, if you wanna come, and maybe a couple more after that. Um, I say this to you, uh, if, if you will not be like the scripture that says um, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, there are many, 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 too many that have a form of godliness and, and think more about their ministry or their, uh, how, how spiritual they are than allowing the power, the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead to heal and to minister and to touch their hearts. Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now this is talking about Jesus, but it also is for us and for us in ministering to others. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me, listen to this, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the open, opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Man, I implore you today, if you have heaviness, he wants to give you a spirit of praise for that. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And let me read it in the Amplified. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, the afflicted. He sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. He did this for you. He always does this for you. And then he's anointed you to go help others get free, to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, 
to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives and the opening of the prison and the eyes to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem of beauty instead of ashes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Beauty instead of ashes. Glory. Beauty instead of ashes. Thank you, Father. Beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a heavy and burdened and failing spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty and strong and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness and justice and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord, that He would be glorified, that He would be glorified, that He would be glorified. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 62, eight says, just trust in and lean on and rely on and have confidence in Him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts before Him. God is a refuge for us, a fortress and a high tower. And let me end with Psalms 18. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He wants you to let go of the the other strongholds. He wants to be your stronghold. He is your stronghold. He wants you to hold strongly to Him. Hold on, hold on to Him. Hold strong to Him in Jesus' name. I'll call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I'll be saved from my enemies. You know, in Acts it says that the body was of one heart, one heart and one soul. For us to be able to do the the awesome and mighty things that He has in store for us, He's already doing it. But for us to do the the full capacity of what He's called us to do, we need to be in one heart. We need to be in one soul. We need to allow God to, to deal and to touch and to minister to you in those heavy places, those places that need to be touched. And I'm gonna tell you, just like surgery, And just like it says in John 15, it says he wants to cut those things off, but it's so that you can bear more fruit.